Hey y'all, Treasury here. And I really don't even know how to start this. I just know that I'm overdue for an episode. And I had a lot of shit going on the last 10 days that, man. So I got to start by plugging my business because I'm actually not sure what the outcome of me posting this episode is going to be. I don't know if everybody from social media is going to run here to see what I'm talking about or, you know, the podcast listeners have no idea. I don't know, but I'm going to just go ahead and plug the business. I did get rid of all of the female clothing off shop treasury. I did. Um, it was partly an emotional decision, partly a business decision, but the overhead cost was killing me. Reference to sales. And if you recall, I did get some money stolen from me from my Facebook ad account. And I've just, I have, it's going to be very hard to recover from that considering Facebook is still investigating. So I kind of wanted to get rid of the clothes then, but I was like, nah, you got to be strong. I gave myself all these pep talks. But then I had a personal situation recently and uh, I was like, yeah, I can't, my cup, my cup is full. It was already full, but. I mean, it overflowed last weekend. Last Saturday was probably one of the worst days of my life. But I'm still here. Life is full of ups and downs, man. You just have to appreciate the ups and get through the downs. Quote me on that. I just made it up. Treasury. (laughs) T-R-A-C-H-E-R-I. Life is full of ups and downs, man. Appreciate the ups. Live, man. Why you up? Enjoy the fuck out that shit. Because that roller coaster gonna come back down. Just get through it. Just get through it, man. So picture me living dot store. I'm still going to have t-shirts and hoodies, duffel bags, ozuko bags, uh, messenger bags. I'm gonna keep all of that on there, passport holders. And in the fall, I'll bring back the running late sets. Other than that, um, I just really don't want to. I'm not in a mood to be a model or a face for a business, including my own. Perception. Perception is a motherfucker, man. Perception. That's a word that I learned when I was in the Navy because I know y'all heard me talk about cleaning stations, right? So for an hour, you have to clean up. Obviously, it don't take an hour to clean one room, right? Even if you clean in the baseboards, like one room, an hour, like, come on, y'all. So um, sometimes you'll stop, talk to your friend that's cleaning up with you. We done had some epic freestyle battles during cleaning stations. I mean, epic. You can even have a little dice game, or you know, you know, you know. So let's say somebody a little bit more important than you, but still not important. 
walks by, the perception is you're not cleaning up. I've heard that so much. And it's like the perception is you need to mind your motherfucking business. The perception is you need to just keep walking. You was going somewhere. I'm going to need you to keep going there. Why'd you stop here and perceive some shit that wasn't happening? The reality is we're done cleaning and it don't take an hour to clean this space. And we're entertaining ourselves right now. Matter of fact, took me 15, 20 minutes to clean it. I'm going to relax for 20 minutes. And then I go back over it the last 20 minutes. How about that? Did it occur to you that your perception is wrong? So perception. Perception right now is a battle that I've dealt with for so long with my business, right? And I started this business with Ken years ago. It's our hobby to travel and it's man, like it's, it's been a wild ride because the perception is if I buy something from their store, they're just going to travel even more. The reality is when you buy something from our store, it pays for the overhead costs and eventually will hire more people like us, if you know what I mean. The reality is I'm still going to travel whether you shop with me or not because I have a job. I have a career that pays for that. And it was a hobby before and it's going to be a hobby after. Um, So the perception has always kicked my ass, man. It has always just like, and it's crazy that, you know, you got to keep your enemies close, but you got to keep your friends even closer, man. And I've always been naive to think that my friends don't fall victim to that perception. I've always been naive to think that my friends actually, they know my story. They have been around my mama. This bitch got a sad ass story. Why would I be jealous of her? Why would I compete? Why would I, you know, that's not the case. That's a very naive thought of mine. And I recently lost two best friends. I've been a best friend to many, but I've never had a best friend. That quote, I know Paris is looking down from doggy heaven like, bitch, what? I'm your best friend. Y'all know Paris. That's my late best friend, doggy, Paris. Tokyo is not my best friend. She is a monster. She is, she is, man, she is something else. Nah, Tokyo is my best friend and Tigo. But as far as human form, I've been a best friend to many, but never had a best. I lost two best friends recently. It's pretty tough. It's one of the toughest things that I've dealt with in my life because one best friend I lost because trust was broken. Another best friend I lost to addiction, a failure to acknowledge the addiction, and betrayal. So, obviously, one best friend can be downgraded, you know, because you can fix trust. I know that's something that people say all the time. Um, You can fix trust. I'm not a big fan of that. But this particular person has, I'm not a big fan of that. I see people all the time. I see girls take men back all the time and they work through things. 
that's not me, you know, um, me personally. Um, we could be friends. So when trust is broken, we can be friends. So you get a downgraded position in my life, especially if you came and you said, hey, I'm sorry, this happened. I fucked up. Hey, uh, I took $20 out your purse. That was fucked up. Uh, I would prefer you also apologize with $40 and I'm never leaving my purse around you again, but I could work through that. But failure to acknowledge an addiction, man, that's, that's dangerous. People can get hurt. People almost got hurt in this situation. Um, when you fail, when you don't acknowledge that you're not holding yourself accountable and then it leads to betrayal. So in that same example, not only did you take $20 out of my purse, but you said this other friend saw it and didn't say anything to you. So she ain't shit. You need to stop talking to her. I know I took the $20 out your purse and, you know, I have an addiction. I don't even remember doing that. Damn. But that bitch saw me take the $20 out your purse she ain't shit. So needless to say, in a situation like that, you have no space in my life because if you don't remember taking that $20 out of my purse because of your addiction, you won't remember doing something foul to my kid. You won't remember lighting my house on fire. You won't remember doing some really dangerous fucked up shit. So I lost two best friends. And uh, the structure of my household changed. The structure of my business changed. A lot of things shifted because of alcohol. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I will segue into a story that I definitely wanted to tell. Do y'all know I literally was this close to deleting all my pictures on Instagram? Like this is how distraught I was. I almost deleted my travel pictures. Archive though. You guys don't get so angry that you actually delete the shit. Just archive them. If you're emotional, you can go back and unarchive them. But hey man, one thing about treachery is I'm going to always be a bad bitch, man. So my self-worth has never been defined by anybody or their actions. It's only been defined by the self-love that I see in the mirror and that I give myself daily. So, about five seconds later, after I archived some pictures, I was like, bitch, hold on. You'd have been to motherfucking France three times. Italy, girl, put these pictures back on their motherfucking Instagram. Get your panties out a bunch. I'm going to use this time to solicit some guests real quick um, before I segue into this story. And it's a quick story, but I want more guests. Um, my next little series is going to be about movies. I don't know how to continue my Navy series. I'm going to be quite honest. And this is a trigger warning. Um, if you are easily triggered mental health, any, anything that could easily trigger you into a deep anything, please fast forward this to about a minute from now. But the reason why I can't continue my Navy conversation, like I thought I could, because as soon as I joined the Navy, I was sexually assaulted. And 
this past weekend really this is why I got so emotional. I was really triggered, really deep down in my soul, just like, wow, this this can really bring out the ugly in my personality, the ugly in my experience, my life experience, and you know, coping skills, going to the gym, all of that stuff really prevented me from going into a really dark place, man. Even going back, I listened to my anxiety episode, man, and I really Googled like, breathe, Trey, just calm down, right? Adult coloring. Ooh, man. I tried to get somebody to do that one time. I tried to talk one of my um, friends into coloring that was really going through a tough time in life, man, and she laughed at me. And, uh... About a year later, she was like, man, I bought a coloring book. Like, she whispered it, too. Like, she said it real fast. I said, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I need you to say that a little bit louder because I need you to say you was right. Get you an adult co- Get you a kid's coloring book. Whatever the fuck you need to do. But the adult coloring books are way more um, intense. It's a lot more. <laughs> it takes longer. And it just really calms your anxiety down. And it takes your mind off any type of triggering, depressive thoughts, right? So, yeah, that's why the Navy conversation, I'm going to I'm gonna have to ease into that. But I do want to get into movies, talking about movies. Um, listening to this, I know I'm going to be like, yo. Did I just rip the band-aid off? Yep, I did. I did. I've been to a lot of therapy. I've been to a lot of coping skills classes. And you're listening to a very peaceful woman that is intentional about her happiness. So it's very easy for me to have hard conversations. But I will let y'all know. Trigger warning. Fast forward. Get out of here if you can't handle it. But I want to talk to somebody about movies. I want to solicit a guest about movies because this girl and I on Instagram politely disagreed, (laughs) politely discussed via DM. And she's in D.C. So I can't, you know, have this discussion with her on the podcast. She come to Atlanta. We will. But I told her love Jones sucked. And she just, I mean, blasphemy. Like, she went in on me politely. And I was like, girl, the movie was terrible. House Party was terrible. I've never watched House Party all the way through. Like, I had to change the channel. I don't, oh, oh, Love and Basketball was absolutely horrendous. So, and I, if you in your car, you're probably yelling at your speakers right now at me. That's fine. Send me a DM. I'm ready. And if you want to be a guest, I am ready because I do not owe movies a standing ovation because it's an all-black cast. When Think Like a Man came out, it changed the narrative for blockbuster, mainstream, quote-unquote, black movies. Um, And it let the world know, it let Hollywood know that we were more than just slaves in mainstream movie even though those were informative movies but we're more than that we're more than drug dealers in mainstream movies like we're accountants we're hairstylists we're fucking awesome you know we can we can play any role 
I did like Jason's lyric. Now, that is a that is <laughs> it's a lot of movies that I do like now, but um sis was like, What? So I actually am a movie fanatic. So I would love to have a guess about that. I got one. I want the guests to be different and I want them to because the one that I have, we we really agreed on a lot. And uh that's gonna be good, but I do want to have a disagreement with somebody. So if you're good, if you're in the Atlanta area and you nice with these movies, let's go, let's get it. So segue into this story. I'm gonna give this person a name, this guy in the Navy. That hit me up like a year ago, right? And I mentioned that I lost two best friends and how one you could work it out with the other is unforgivable, right? Well, there were red flags. There were several many red flags, right? At least for a year. And... Once I calmed down from my anger, my emotions, I immediately thought of this guy. Let's just call him Dave. And I was waiting to do this podcast when I was, you know, good. Make sure, you know, I wasn't going to come on here and bully nobody, be emotional and just be out of line. Right. I also want to stay true to what the podcast is about. And when we're not talking about traveling, we're going to talk about meaningful things with a mixture of unmeaningful, ratchet, fucking uh, shit. Just shit that got to make my world go round. And the meaningful things. So I wanted to really, really, really give the listeners something to go away with, right? Even though I can't really talk about the situation, I definitely want to give the listener something meaningful to walk away with. And with that being said, once I calmed down, once I thought about it and was reminded of this guy, we're going to call him Dave. I immediately hit him up and asked him, could I use this story? And he said, you can use the story, but don't use my name because it's a very sensitive story. And I assure him I wouldn't give him like the stuff that we personally talked about because he's lived a remarkable um, journey, to say the least. And when we just recapped just now from this year, year ago conversation, um, he had a pen from Alcohol Anonymous that a coin, I'm sorry, that now is 365 more days later from the last. So I, I mean, I was just like, well, um, one thing I, I wanted to do was help with his hobby. He collects something in particular that every now and then at a destination I would get and send it to him. I would ship it to him. And so I'm like, yo, I'm way behind, but I really want to share this story. It's on my next trip. I got you and I'm sorry. I forgot about it. But a year ago, not to date and it's not to measure. 
Dave sent me a Facebook message. And this is a Navy friend from my early Navy days, pre-June, right? So pre-2006. So somewhere between 03 and 06, I knew this individual. And he drank a lot then. And he always had parties. And obviously, I love to party. I come from a family of partiers, right? Y'all seen Granny. And, oh, wait a minute. I was supposed to give y'all a cocktail of the hour. Not drinking right now. Um, Just control my emotions. But, red berry Ciroc, splash of pineapple, splash of cranberry juice. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. Why I picked that drink for this episode. Um, matter of fact, I just tell you now, when, when I was the most emotional over these last 10 days, I decided to try the summer citrus Ciroc fucking horrible, by the way, do sorry, Diddy. But if you would like for me to put my podcast on revolt TV, I will drink all of it. I promise you it'll be delicious then promise you. But anyway, now red berry is probably the best one. But when I drank this summer citrus, I was like, damn, this tastes like something. Y'all ever tasted something or smelled something and it took you back to a particular place? I'm like, damn, this Ciroc tastes, this shit tastes like the Navy. Vodka tastes like the fucking Navy. Like, I can't even tell you a particular place or time, man. But I guess that's just what I drank in the Navy, man. And that's really what took me back to day conversation. So there was a couple parties that I went to where Dave's wife took my keys and you could do the math. I'm pretty sure some nosy motherfucker out there right now that's doing the math. No, I was not 21 years old. I do this. Okay. So this is why I have to be careful about who I have around me because we, we, we've been doing this. Uh, We know how to. We know how to hang. We know how to make great decisions. Even if our decisions are stupid as fuck, they're not, they're not ruining families there. So, um, and I have friends with DUIs, but that don't ruin families, but people that can't handle the decision-making while drinking, man, you got, you, you got to pay attention to them red flags. We're going to get into that. But Dave pretty much told me that a year ago. He sent me a DM of a Facebook message, right? <clears throat> and I took it. I read it in defense, right? And it was how he worded it. Um, And I can't remember what the fuck I was talking about on Facebook that made him reach out to me. I have a lot of family on Facebook. So it, it is easy for me to be like, man, y'all, I'm going to talk about some family shit. Or I'm going to be more open and honest about what's going on in my family because we have this huge family. But my mom, my brothers get no support from this family. So I do I do get a little emotional on Facebook. And I'm not sure if that's what it was or if. And when I say that, I mean, my family has put people through rehab, but not my mom. So. That's why I get like that, y'all. We'll we'll get into talk, talking about my family a little bit later in the in the life of the podcast. But I'm not sure. I'm assuming I said something emotional like that. And Dave hit me up and was like, 
Jackson. You know what will help you. You just don't want to take the steps to do that. And the steps that I took was blah, blah, blah. He read the 12 steps, right? So mind you, I read it defensively. Mind you, I said this on the podcast. I'm going to say it again because this is very profound in my life and how much of an empath I am. As a kid, I went to Narcotics Anonymous and Alcohol Anonymous for my mother. I could repeat all of that shit. I went thinking that I could come and bring her the information, thinking that she was going to change or whatever. I know the serenity prayer. I gave it to her. And for years, even to now, sometimes if I'm outside, I look up in the sky and I say the serenity prayer. And I know she's saying it also. Like, that's literally our thing. So when he gave me the 12 steps, I was defensive because I party. Um, I know what alcoholics look like. I know what they smell like. I know what they sound like. I can tell from a mile away when somebody about to ask me for money. Like, like I am extremely well-versed in addiction. My mom has had an alcohol and a drug addiction for, I've lost count. I'm 37. So, Yeah. My brothers also have picked up some sort of addiction, but my grandmother has never had an actual substance addiction, but she parties, meaning um, if you cut on some music, she going to cut a rope. Tell you that right now. Um, It's just in us to party and be happy, right? Just everybody can't handle substance, chemical imbalance in the brain. And what comes along with the party, right? So with that being said, um, I answered Dave's message very defensively. But considering his journey, and I've known his journey because, um, like I said, we were in the Navy and I was at the beginning of, well, probably one the beginning of his journey, but it was the beginning of adulthood for me and if you're doing the math I know you're probably judging um I met him pre-June so pre-2006 and I was 21 when I had June so (laughs) that's what I mean by I, I do this like I've been drinking for a very long time I've been partying for a very long time And at this particular party of Dave's, his wife took my keys. And when she took my keys, I was a little bit upset. Like, I just got back with June Dad. You know how that is, young love. And he thought I was lying about where I was at, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I just really wanted to go home to my man at the time. And she was like, yeah, man, can come get you. And I got aggressive with her to the point where the second time this happened, she told me, you won't ever come to a party at my house again if you don't give me these keys. So um, I actually took my keys when she wasn't looking. I got the hell on. And the next day I was like, anything could have happened. You're not even 21 yet. I see why she took the keys. Anything could have happened. I had to laugh at myself and hold myself accountable. Like that could have been really dangerous. Like I lived around the corner. I get it. But all of the bad, horrible cases of drinking and driving are always in air quotations 
around the corner, right? The drunk person is has no scratch because they're so relaxed. They have no idea, blah, 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 but they just ruined somebody's life. So that second time I called her and I was like, yo, that, that was wrong of me. Um, you told me I did it anyway. I can only laugh at myself, but I'm apologizing to you because you were right. And she said, okay, I'm happy you learned, but you're still not coming to a party at my house. So um, when I was catching up with Dave or whatever in his life, definitely his drinking picked up after that for whatever reasons. Um, he got divorced from that particular wife, um, like lost custody of his kids. I mean, his life got really bad. We went over some of the things in his journey. We kind of caught up and he picked up on my defensiveness, though, to the response to the initial message. And he was like, "Nah, I don't mean you. It's the company you keep. I get it. We on Facebook right now, but Instagram is showing me some things and you may not be able to see. I'm just saying. And he gave me a few stories from his journey. And not going to tell y'all stories within stories. Um, Hopefully one day he comes to Atlanta and he's ready to talk about it because he got some stories along his journey. Like, uh. Not as intense as my mother's stories. Um, For instance, I came home from the Navy one time, like 2008, 2009, mama in the hospital. When I tell you that's so normal for me, my mom is always in the hospital, Grady. If you didn't know, you can go to Grady with no insurance and they'll take care of everything. But anyway, I went to go see in the hospital because I hadn't seen her in like a year at the time. Bitch had a crochet needle through her hand. And at that point, I, I think that was the last piece of sensitivity that I had left in my body. Like, how in the fuck did you get a crochet needle? You know, crochet needles are pretty fucking dull. And they got a little hook at the end of it. Like, how did you get that through your hand? She got into a fight. So that's just one of the thousand of stories that my mom can sit here and tell y'all because that when she told me about that fight i mean just use your imagination not even finna get into that so and the fact that grady just had her sitting there with a crochet in her hand like what the fuck grady (laughs) grady memorial hospital that's where i was born y'all february 18 1985 anyway um that's probably where my life went downhill anyway um Dave told me a few more stories from his journey. And then I brought up the how his ex-wife took my keys and how she was like, yeah, you're still not coming to my house. Even after I apologized and admitted I was wrong. And she was like, and um, Dave was like, you know, that's the thing, man. When you party like that, you know, I don't think that you're nowhere near where I was because I wasn't partying anymore. I got lost in that world. I got lost in the streets. But... This journey that you're on, he's referring to me, is reminding me of the Navy journey that Dave was on, where the people around him were also drinking, but did not have accountability. And he was like, that ex-wife kept people away from him in general, instead of allowing decisions to be made, like 
you know, like her telling me not to come to no more parties. Like that's probably the last party I saw David actually. And I'm obviously one of the more responsible friends that he had considering how his journey turned out. So we just reminisced about that. And when I tell you the very next day in real life, after this conversation that I had with Dave a year ago, a little less than a year, because Paris, my dog, passed away July 21st, 2021. And actually, that's me and Ken's anniversary. Really weird how all of this is tying in. But the next day was July 20th. Paris was really sick. When he thinking about me and Dave conversation, I forgot about it. Because Paris, my best, I mean, followed me everywhere I went. She would have followed me to work if I ain't closed the door on her face. Like, she literally went to Utah with me, traveled the world with me. That's my dog. And... That 24 hours was pretty rough. And when she actually passed, we called up some friends. The two best friends that I lost, obviously, were there. And the unforgivable one, obviously, there. And huge red flag. I mean, enormous red flag that I ignored. And literally... The key situation <laughs> that I just went over with Dave. I can't make this up. I can't make this up if I try it, y'all. I can't make. That's why I was huge. It's actually a mini red flag. But when I thought about this literally the other day, I was like, man, this dude literally told me a day or two ago. Watch my company. We relived a story <laughs> about his ex-wife taking my keys. So I got emotional at this club or whatever that that we were at and I just left. I let everybody know, hey, I'm leaving. I was actually crying, right? And obviously best friend, number one, the repairable best friend noticed it, tried to leave with me. I was like, nah, stay here. Best friend number two here. I don't want to leave her alone. And it was a sprinkle of other people. Like people really showed up for us when Paris passed away because they knew what she meant to the family. And uh, anyway, we were capping the next day, me and best friend number two, the unforgivable one. And this individual was heated. Like, why y'all let me drive home like that? Why you leave? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bitch, I was in tears. I was I was broken into a million pieces. What the fuck you talking about? You live five minutes, less than five minutes away from that establishment. What are you talking about? What the fuck happened? And she was like, such and such. Tried to take my keys. I snatched them back. But he should have fought harder to get my keys. And I'm thinking, damn, it's fucking, this is a black man we referring to. It's armed security outside in this horrible climate of black men getting shot. But you're saying that this person should have fought a woman. And I was just really taken aback because this is a conversation I had two days ago with Dave. <laughs> And I was like, am I a fucking psychic? Like, I don't think that I'm psychic. I think I'm more intuitive. That's not in tune with her intuition because I brought that story up. And not only that, the story 
ended with me saying, Dave, the next day I held myself accountable. I should not have taken my keys back. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with me? I'm never doing that again. I could have killed people on the way home. So that's why that was a huge red flag because I relived that moment and it actually scared me. I mean, as it should have, if it happened to you, you probably would have been shaking in your boots. Like, wow, I literally just relived this old Navy story (laughs) with Dave or whatever. So anyway, last week when that happened and it hit me like just Mount Everest, breath of fresh air, I wrote Dave, we revisited everything. And he showed me his updated coin. He's doing great. He's been sober for over two years. Hand clap. Hopefully one day he he's comfortable enough to come on here and talk about his journey. But, uh, and we revisited the, all that conversation. Like he, he let me know that he wasn't referring to me, but he definitely was concerned about me in general and the consistent parties, right? And I appreciate it. And I thanked him again. Red flags. So we're going to segue into that. It segue into something like, is that a phrase or like, you know, look that up. So red flags, man, do not ignore red flags, especially when you are the calm one, especially when you are the one that can control your emotions because People have the audacity to be mad that you're not reacting the way they want you to react, the way they plan for you to react. They will have the audacity to be upset. And the way that hard conversations are supposed to go is, hey, this is what you did to make me upset. Well, this is what you did. Your reaction made me upset. How are we going to move forward? This is what you said that made me upset. Well, you did this and that's why I said it. I can see why you feel that way. I mean, it's, it's huge, you know, it's heavy to have hard conversations. It's a really big deal for you to be able to say those things. And hey, man, I'm not perfect, man. I fuck up too. Let's talk about this. Um, what you did was unforgivable. I need space. Um, maybe we can work this out, but, but there is definitely, and I'm talking to myself too. There's definitely, definitely no need to get out of character, yell and scream and hard conversations. But at the same time, once again, talking to myself. You cannot ignore red flags. You have got to address them. And I get it, man. The thing about partying the way that I do is partying is a red flag. (laughs) Partying can be a really red flag. And you know what I mean by that. If you party, you know what I mean by that. Ain't nothing good in these streets. And I've never been the promiscuous type. I've never been the... I'm the one that spends unnecessary money. That's that's what I'll just go ahead and say that. I'm the one that add guacamole, goddamn. I know I just had some wings, but let me try that stuffed chicken. Like, I'm going to buy everybody shots. I'm going to pay for the hookah. I spend unnecessary money that I don't have any business spending, okay? 
So that's the friend that I am. Everybody has a different role that they play in their friendship circle. And that's, that's, that's the place where I'm at. And a hard conversation that a friend could have with me is, damn, Trey, like, then you just come from a trip. Do you need to be at the bar? Just come to the house and have a drink with me. Hey, man, you right. Those are my red flags. What are your red flags? You ain't got to tell me. If you want to tell me, cool, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'll listen. That's a huge part of accountability. What are your red flags? Especially if you party like this. Especially if you be in these streets. If you got down hot girl summering. If you got down hoochie daddy, shorts, whatever the fuck they call them. I'm, now, that's something that I'm too old for because... What I'm not about to do is give a dude my number that got on some little bitty shorts. Y'all got me fucked up. Um, Yeah, that's my transparency of the episode. I'm the friend that's going to spend unnecessary money that I could allocate those funds somewhere else. I'm the non-judgmental friend that if you want to have a one-night stand from the bar, go ahead. Um, I'm not a babysitter. So <laughs> I had to learn that the hard way that um, identify those red flags. If you're not good at babysitting, you might need to release those friends. I can honestly say that that is a role that I played in losing two best friends is that I'm not a babysitter. And I know that people in the Navy would tell you I'm the worst DD. When it was time for us to um, go out like in Pensacola and we had rental cars when it was my turn to be the DD, we weren't going anywhere. Let's be very clear. We are catching a taxi because what I'm not about to do is babysit drunk motherfuckers while I'm sober. And I've known that since a very young age. So allowing somebody around me that required to be babysit, that's my fault. And I've had to talk with my son. I've had to talk with the other friend and I've acknowledged that. Uh, sometimes we can hold on to relationships a little bit too long where y'all are both toxic for each other because neither one of you are going to give each other what the other person needs. Y'all heard that? I done dropped some gems this episode, man. Y'all write that down. Y'all write down the ups and downs one and how you contribute to a toxic relationship. Both of y'all ignore red flags. Because that individual could have said, man, this bitch is a horrible babysitter. I got to find me a new babysitter. So we we both accountable in that in that aspect right there. You can't change somebody to be something that you, you need them to be either. In this instance, if you need a babysitter, you can't change a, a non-babysitter into a babysitter. You got to go find one. If you got a man that's consistently cheat on you, you can't change him to a non-cheater. Just go find you another man. Uh, that's applicable in a lot of scenarios, man. If you need an emotional friend that got down, going to hold your hell back while you crying, you can't force that unemotional friend to be that person. Um, me and June, I can't force June to watch these movies with me every day like I want him to. My feelings be hurt. I let him go upstairs and do his own thing. I'm, you know. Uh, once your kid starts becoming an adult, man, 
I know a lot of y'all out there got little kids and y'all going to be like, yes, I can. Now, once you start seeing them mature into an adult, man, you got you to gotta treat them in the same aspect of adults. You can't force them to be somebody that you want or need them to be. You got to let them be themselves. I done dropped some gems. Y'all better tip me. Okay, let's revisit these gems I dropped. Life is full of ups and downs, right? Enjoy the ups, get through the downs by any means necessary. Okay. When you recognize a toxic relationship, acknowledge whatever toxic you may contribute and also discuss or accept, discuss and accept. That's an option that neither one are going to be what either one needs. Okay. The third gem I dropped. You can't make people be something that they're not. I dropped a lot of gems. I do have a method that you could tip me <laughs> via my PayPal on my uh, link tree. You can look on Instagram. Nah, for real. That's that's uh, straight from the wise brain of Tracery, man. Like, I want y'all to take that, put that in your pipe, and smoke it. Like my granny say, literally apply that in your life, please. If 20 people listen to this and only one person takes away from one of those gems, my job here is complete. So I think I talked about everything I want to talk about. I did go in on a married man that DM me recently. And I've never been against like, you know, People fucking with married men or married women. Because if you don't respect your relationship, why the fuck should I? Um, We just gone. That's in between a gem and an affirmation. A ghetto af- affirmation. That's somewhere. <laughs> in, but that's a gray area. But if you don't respect your relationship, why should I? Now, if you're in a relationship with somebody I know, that's completely off limits. But... Once again, I've just never judged anybody that because you just never know, man. You just never know. People could be separated. And I know people out there going to disagree with me on this, but marriage is just a piece of paper, man. It's about how you spiritually feel about each other and how y'all are spiritually moving forward. So if you don't respect your relationship, neither will I. That's just that on that. However, I do find it disrespectful that married men just free ball all through these girls dms on instagram and i went to fuck in on one of them because at some point you have to realize that and when i say you have to realize i mean everybody listening when a married person sends a dm and they are happily married they not plan on leaving their wife they literally only want to have sex with you that is all that you're good for right They don't give a fuck about your mental health. They don't give a fuck about your emotional health. They just want to fuck you. And that is so disrespectful. And I went the fuck off because I think that we should do that a little bit more often. Um, That's where I draw the line with married people. Like, not only do you not respect your wife, but you don't respect me. And you don't respect yourself. Because I'm pretty sure... You not even, if I gave you the chance, you ain't even finna bring a condom over here. 
So you're not respecting yourself neither. Like, let's have this conversation today. And I know it's a man out there that's got got goosebumps right now. Like, ooh, Trader, shut the table. Come on, let's talk about it. I'm soliciting guests. I would love to have a married man on for that conversation, but they ain't going to really be honest, are they? It's going to have to be with a woman. A married woman would be way more honest. So a married woman, both of them, actually. Yeah, I had to do that. I urge more women to do that. Go the fuck off, man, because you could tell if a man actually like is separated or whatever. And if you are interested, like I said, if he don't respect his relationship, why should you? But he need to take you on some dates first. I bet you if that's all he want, y'all ain't going nowhere. Make that man take you on some dates, plural, expensive ones. Amen. Because he going to be the first one to be like, what you doing? Bye, take a shower without me. So... Go ahead, go on some dates, get some bills paid. That's how you're going to know if he really serious about that marriage. When that when it, when it comes time to goddamn spend that money. And by the time you put all that time in it, if you got kids, you done found a babysitter, you done got down, pressed your hair out, put on makeup and stuff. You're going to be real pissed off then to find that out. That's all he wanted to do was fuck. So just cut to the chase. Soon as he DM you, cuss his ass out. Definitely a guest worthy conversation, an hour long conversation, because I'm clearly, clearly <laughs> on a fence about that one, clearly on the fence about that one. So that's going to be a real, real good conversation with a few different people. Hard conversations and healthy conversation, man. Hard conversations do not have to be unhealthy. I'm talking to myself with that one. I'm working on it. I have to. Block people to avoid having unhealthy conversation because sometimes hard conversations don't have a time or a place. I know people say that it's a time and a place for everything, not for a hard conversation when my feelings are hurt and I can't go to sleep at night. Nah, bitch, we finna talk about this. You in church? I'm need you leave. You getting a massage? Text me back. I don't give a fuck. You, uh, they saying the prayer at your Thanksgiving dinner? Fuck that prayer. Fuck that turkey. Bitch, you hurt my feelings. That's how I have been this whole time. And I've slowly started to change when relationships started to change in my life. People thought that I was too abrasive. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to be known for being hard. I said that on the podcast. I want to be softer. I want to be nicer. And look what that got me. I lost two best friends when I should have had several hard conversations. I mean... In the middle of the gynecologist chair, goddamn, you see me calling. You know I got a problem. Answer that shit. Like, I I literally turned a softer treachery, and I'm just going to wait until the time is right. Nah, man, hard conversations can be healthy at the time when they're needed, okay? Um, I'm a firm believer of... We could talk about it now, pause it for a second, come back to it. Pause it for a second, come back to it. Um, The best way for a healthy conversation, though, is for both people to hold themselves accountable and acknowledge their contributions. So 
we can go back to the beginning of this episode. We could talk in circles about that. That's apparently really hard to do. That's all I had written down, though, man. I hope that y'all picked up on some gems. I know that people came over here to be a little nosy to see if I would talk about. No, I'm not going to talk about any details. Um, Very mature, man. I have to give myself a pat on the back. And definitely close to any close friendships right now. Um, Definitely closed for personal maintenance. It's not even like personal to anybody else. It's just for personal maintenance because, like I said, I recognize being soft ain't ain't for me. I got to be because I'm going to be hard in the end anyway. So (laughs) I did notice that I'm going to go motherfucking hard. So I should just go ahead and be hard during the duration too. Um, That's giving off the wrong impression. I've also learned that this ain't the time to go back and rekindle no old shit. But personally and that's that's for everybody when you go through something if you and your boyfriend have an argument don't go call your ex uh-uh, put the phone down put the phone down he's still toxic um <laughs> she's still a cheater don't go calling her back Mm-mm. just heal heal and then reevaluate but i will say this is the first time in a disagreement with someone that I've said, man, I may not want to rekindle this friendship, but I'm ready to talk about the healing process with this person and continue to go our separate ways. I'm ready to um, be more social, but understand that we're not meant to be close friends. Definitely open to that. So we'll see where that goes. But to tie this back into perception, man, and this is why I wanted to label this perception, because before this incident happened, a young lady came to me asking me about a travel friend of mine and what she does for a living. And is she always traveling? And oh, my gosh. And that's one of my number one hated questions on Picture Me Living Instagram. When when pre-COVID, you know, I was posting all the time on Picture Me Living People always ask me, sometimes with disgust, what do you do for a living? How come you travel so much? I can't I can't even afford. I mean, I, I would screenshot it and obviously block out the profile, but I would screenshot it and show it to y'all because it's still in my uh, picture me living inbox. People be really mad that you traveling. When I just went to Columbia on a fucking my seat was so fucking hard on that damn flight. It was a, it was the Colombian spirit. Like it was, the pretzels was $8. I had a carry on. My flight was less than $200. Like I, I get offended a little bit that people are assuming something because they too lazy to research. Jesus just blows my mind. So. When the young lady asked me that recently, I was just, my spirit was not well for a couple of days as an empath because I don't know what she do for a living. And if I did, I wouldn't tell you because I'm not a nosy ass, messy ass bitch. Um, it's for her. If she want to come on the podcast and talk about it, she can. So like I said, that's just a hated question that I received. And I told my travel buddy that, and she just really don't care. She looks at it totally different. Like she enjoys it. 
And that's fine. So I was like, maybe she should have came and asked your ass that shit. <laughs> but I was clearly bothered. And the perception was, you know, X, Y, Z. Like I said, people think you're traveling. They think that you're rich. They think that you have it together. And as a person that really don't give a fuck what people think, it's when I know their perception is fucked up that my gears really get grinded. Like, I really... <laughs> I really be like, but that's not the reality. Like, if you're going to judge me, judge me based off the reality. You can't control people's perception, though. Um, You just got to ignore it and keep doing what you're doing. And on that, I'll see y'all next time.